Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Disgraceland, a music and true crime podcast about musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly, hosted by me, Jake Brennan, is back with season five. And you're not going to want to miss new episodes on Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z, Prince, Ozzy Osbourne, Nipsey Hussle, Run DMC, Selena, The Rolling Stones, and more. You can listen to Disgraceland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rockerola. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Mini Crush. What a pensive and official introduction to well, today's no. episode, Chuck. We got to get it together, dude. I know we're what, like a what, couple of hacks in here. Every what do you week. mean? What do we do? Just goofing off and did people, being too loose. Did we get dinged? Yeah, we got to get our shit together, man. Well, I don't understand. <laughs> I thought I thought this was a beloved show. No, everyone hates it. Oh man, <laughs> we got to get our shit together. All right, so let's just okay. Let's let's, let's let's reel it back. Let's dial it in, Chuck. What would you like to talk about today regarding the art of cinema? <laughs> <laughs> Fade in. Yes. Uh, I actually have an outline today. Can you believe that? Oh, so you're really taking this whole getting your shit together thing seriously. No, not at all. I all just, right. Well, uh, that's good. That's good. I had my daughter throw this together last night. Very good. And, uh, how how are her verbal me. skills? Oh, her verbal skills are great. Pretty solid? She's not much of a typist. No, that's fair. These templates and these, you know, Microsoft Word office suites, they basically do all the work for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm actually flattered because uh, you posted a, a headshot of mine. On I the, did not. On, on, whoever did, somebody did. I don't know who did that. Somebody I did that. You yeah. Are. Okay. Fair enough, Chuck. <laughs> well, like, well, I was like, damn, there? Chuck really did me a solid here. But I found out that I apparently have a nickname in the movie crush community, and it's something like old velvety voice or silky mouth or something like that. No, we. But that was a. Re- you don't remember anything we ever. That's not here. true, Chuck. That's not true. I have a <laughs> I have a mind like a steel trap, sir. Yes, like a steel colander. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you, you, that was very early. There was some sort of reference to not Velvet Fog, I don't think. Okay. Was it Velvet Fog? I don't know what that is me. either. I don't remember I either. don't know. I thought it was dubbed by the community. So apparently I gave myself this nickname and they're just parroting it or back. Or I may have. Okay. But it well, sticks. People that's cool. listen to what right. we have to say. That's dude. nice. I like it. It's funny because well, you already covered a thing because right here I have Facebook pick Noel equals beefcake. Yes. What? Who said that? <laughs> me. Oh, you said that? Yeah, dude, beefcake. People are going nuts. Well, no, that was that was nice. It was very nice. But it's so funny too. People, whenever they see a picture of someone that they have a mental image of, you, you get two possible responses. What do you think they are, Chuck? Well, I've been getting that for eleven years, which it, is it's you either look exactly like I thought, or or you look nothing like I thought. <laughs> which are like the two possibilities, right? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I'm waiting for someone or, to be like. I'm indifferent to the way you look. Like your nose looks exactly like I pictured, but yeah. I thought you had blue eyes. Some I thought the most specific co- com- comment was that they pictured me as being a redhead, and I just that why? 
I don't understand. Don't huh? You don't have red hair. I don't have red hair, but that, but how, why would you, <clears throat> why would you extrapolate a voice into a hair color? Maybe you just exude ginger. I must. <laughs> yes, I must be it. Uh, what else you got? Now that we've ticked that one <laughs> off the, the list. Well, a couple of things, everyone. You know, I've hinted that uh, I was trying to get this big guest, and I didn't want to like jinx it too much, but I got the big guest. And all the one, the the, the yes. aforementioned off yes. mic big guest. Yes. Damn. I know. Wow. So that's all I'm gonna say. Um, very excited oh, about that, everybody. That's pretty cool, dude. It, it is probably a first and only to get a guest of this stature. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you never know. I'm starstruck just by being in your presence right. by proxy. <laughs> what was it? I saw a dumb thing on internet. On internet. <laughs> it's like that. That's like saying off world, you well, know, in a sci fi movie. Yeah. Or uh, in Arrested Development yeah. when. Um, Tony Hale's character used to say army when I was in army. Yes, when I was back when I was in army. Yes. <laughs> Emily and I used to think that was so funny. It's wonderful. I was in army. Uh, what was I even saying? On internet, you saw something. Oh, wow. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. I saw Captain Marvel. Yeah, I did too. Oh, well, let's do a five-minute chat about. It was great. Yeah, if, if anyone wants to tune out during the next, like, three or four minutes... While we talk Captain Marvel. Um, I don't know. We don't even have to spoil it. No. I, just, it was, I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was really good, though. I, I saw it with my 10-year-old who thought it was great. Well, and I and I thought it was great by proxy. Sure. Again, um, a lot of that going on today. But no, I also, like, 1995 was, like, a big year for me as oh, far yeah. as music. And that was, like, the year that she drops into yeah, through was, the roof of a, of a blockbuster, year. which was very 1995. That was pretty funny. I remember it even said, like, five movies for nine ninety nine, dollars I remember that deal. <laughs> I remember that deal, Chuck. <laughs> I took advantage of that many times. And then next oh. door, there's a record store, and the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness poster is plastered all over the place. That was huge record for me in, mm. that, in that very huge year for me. And the music in the I movie. I hated that album. Well, you know what, Chuck? <laughs> I was a total... Total Billy Corgan fanboy. We've been through this, I think, sure. before. Um, but no, he could do no wrong. And now looking back, I think Siamese Dream and Gish hold up remarkably. Sure. That record is spotty as hell. There's a handful of decent songs on it, a handful of garbage. Then. Yeah. What? <laughs> I could have told you that back Yeah. Then. Well, no, exactly. It didn't need to be two no, damn I, I discs. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. I put it at like upper middle tier Marvel, mm. which is a good place to be. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought Sam Jackson and Brie Larson had... Great chemistry. Like, that was the movie to me, was their relationship. Do you think they CGI'd him up to make him look younger? Oh, they definitely did. They did, because it looked good. Yeah, it looked so good. Yeah. Man, they're good at that these days. And uh, what's his face, too? Oh, the Agent Coulson or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they de-aged him. Interesting. They're getting pretty good at that, though. Really, really transparent. I think the whole key is subtlety. I think it is. Yep. Um, And, you know... Sam Jackson is sort of age-defying anyway. That's what I was So that thinking. helped. Mm-hmm. Like the Michael Douglas stuff in Ant-Man, a little bit more uncanny. A little bit. But still not terrible. Still pretty good. And it also wasn't the whole movie, though, too, right? Right. That was just flashbacks. This was the whole movie. Yeah. And I and I really, like, I was like, he looks great, but I didn't think he looked fake. Agreed. Yeah, it looked like Sam Jackson, like Pulp Fiction. I, yeah, totally. And he's so funny. He really gets to, you know, because... This is the first one he's really, really, like, featured. He's, like, in the whole movie. Yeah, he was and, in a lot of this And he's movie. really funny. Yeah, it's interesting that Nick Fury is, like, uh, in the MCU has been this uh, 
bench utility player. That's right. Kind of a shadowy dude who sort of pops in at the opportune Which moment great, and then pops like, out. But never, like, I don't guess we're ever going to get a Nick Fury movie, are we? Well, this was kind of his origin story in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because you get to see how he gets his, uh, yeah, his, his scar, which I don't even want to spoil. It's just too good. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, I tell you what my other favorite character, though, was uh, that goddamn cat. Like, of how course. many laughs did they get out of that cat? A ton. <laughs> it was so funny. A ton. And, then, and it was also, like, like lo- uh, jumping on the whole cat meme wagon type thing with, like, goofy-looking cats doing oh, really? weird stuff. No, just, like, you know, there's so many, like, memes where there's cats making weird faces or doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Like, there's a part where there's, like, the cats in space floating upside down and kind of making this, like, cringy face. I don't know. I, I thought the cat was fantastic. It was great. And the cat has a twist, which I don't even think I, we, we shouldn't even spoil here. We should not. Um, I also really enjoyed... The uh, the relationship between her and uh, was it Maria Rambo? No, the actress? No, no, no. What was her first name? Her old Air, Air Force buddy? I don't remember. Her last name was Rambo. I do remember that. But it's Rambel. Right, like the poet. Not like Rambo. Uh, Rambo, John Rambo. That's right. No. Uh, but uh, she and her daughter and the relationship with Brie, I thought that was all very sweet. It was very sweet. I actually saw a couple of things. Maybe it's like overthinking it, but uh, some folks that are wanting Captain Marvel's character to be um, to be LGBT because of their there's like a perceived kind of relationship between oh, really? the two women uh, that some people maybe read a little too much into. But or maybe they read just the right. Maybe amount. they did, and maybe that's <laughs> something they're going to pursue, which I think Who I would knows? be totally behind. Yeah, she was pretty cool, man. I gotta say. Um, well, I will say this. I love Brie Larson. She didn't fully sell me on the action. Like, uh, I, I would prefer that they get a really good actor, though, and train them up as best they can rather than get someone who's just can really sell the action who can't act. How did she not sell you on the action? It was all right. I mean, like, what are you were... talking about? She's punching through a spaceship and like full covered in fire. What more do you want? I will say this: when I when the stunt double was doing things, it looked great. Mm-hmm. When Brie Larson was doing things, I was like, Meh. Eh. "Okay, it was all right. She's it that's, was fine. That's fair." There I didn't were a couple have... times when she was running, and I was like, "Interesting." So yeah. Brie Larson is not super athletic, is what I got. That's fair, and it's interesting to cast a superhero. From someone who is clearly not super athletic. You don't think she maybe played lacrosse in college or something? I don't know. She did good. I'm not complaining, but that's fair. It, it was good. That was that was my one slight criticism. Speaking of playing lacrosse in college, not to pivot too much, and this might be something you weren't even thinking about Felicity talking about. Huffman, I know. Right, dude. What the hell? As if we had any doubt that like all these celebrity kids that go to Georgetown and stuff, like, of course they're smart enough and did the work. Yeah, you know, it was all academic merit. No. And, and yeah. didn't they – wasn't the whole scam – we're talking about this uh, college entrance scam, by the way, folks. Wasn't the whole scam that they were athletes, but they weren't athletes? They brought them it in depends. as fake there athletes? Were, yeah, there were uh, different ways. There was cheating on SATs. There was um, – well, since you brought up lacrosse, I think one of them – not – I don't think it was one of the two celebrities, but part of the program was like, yeah, my kid played lacrosse. And there was like, you don't even have a lacrosse team at your school mm-hmm. for one of them. It's disappointing. It's very disappointing. What's even going to be more disappointing is if uh, Felicity Huffman goes to jail longer than Paul Manafort. So you think she's going to go to jail? I don't know, dude. Is it is it that serious? I mean, the, the FBI showed up at her house with guns. But isn't it like? But is it? Aren't her parents complicit as well? Like, wouldn't this? I mean, is this something like? No, they didn't arrest the daughter. They arrested Felicity Huffman. Oh, no, no. Felicity Huffman did this for her kids. Yes. I see. What do you think she did it for? I thought William this, H. Macy? I thought she – I thought. I'm sorry. I missed, I thought that maybe she got into college through this kind of thing back in the no, day. No, it was the parents that okay, were – that reading, makes sense. In fact, I, I, I don't even know if the kids knew. That makes sense. Which is 
you know. Okay. Well, I, I, obviously, I obviously didn't read too far past the first paragraph. Yeah. Sorry, Chuck. Thanks for schooling me. But still, goodness. It's uh, TLDR, Noel. I know, dude. That's, <laughs> that's my middle name. But they didn't arrest William H. Macy, so I'm one, and they said that he was in on it, so I don't know if there are charges coming against him. Interesting. Or maybe there's more severe know, kind of they, versions and, and of they it. they may try and make an example if they get some conservative judge that are like these Hollywood elites or are uh, gaming the system, you know? Yeah. Again, like you said, disappointing but not particularly surprising. Well, I mean, there are a thousand ways to cheat the system when you have money, whether it's this is straight up cheating, but like – the donation in your name to build the new gymnasium totally. from the rich guy also gets your kids into school. It sure does. But that's okay. Right. Right. I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes. And he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy! But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit spotify.com slash lastpodcast to listen free. Yeah, well, what else you got, Chuck? Well, I think we should get started with the show in earnest. Okay. Here at minute 80. Uh, 11.26. Okay. Um... We always have to catch up, though, you know. Oh, it's nice. So we're going to start it off, everybody, uh, by popular demand uh, with trope time. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, what I have to do is go over to the Movie Crushers page because, you know, everyone, there is a Movie Crush fan page uh, where we get most of our content from you guys for the minis. Then there's the Movie Crushers sub page. Uh, and our old friend Jill Hurley, one of the admins, set up a trope post. And there are 661 of these in here, Noel. So we're going to be doing these till the end of time. I can't wait <laughs> till the end of time. And I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm just going to go through some of these randomly. Let's do it. Here we go. Okay, so we're going to start out with um, Gabriel Cortez says this: another tried and true dialogue trope. Person number one and person number two. Just concluded a conversation of significance. Person one starts walking away, uh, and their back is turned to person two. Person two says, what, Noel? Do you get the setup? Yeah. Oh, there's, is there more? You and I are talking. Yeah. We're having a conversation. Right. And I'm like, all right, that's it. And I go to walk away. I have my back to you. And then what do you yell out? What, Chuck? No, you yell out, oh, one last thing. Oh, you mean like? Like the Columbo thing, like a Columbo setup. Well, what's the Columbo setup? Well, that's the one where you you, you know you're you're Columbo first of all, okay. and you're, you're you're interviewing a suspect at a crime scene, and right. you, and you know, and you're acting a little happy, you know, like a little doofy or whatever, and then you walk away, okay, and then you turn around and you say just one last thing, and that's the thing that's the kicker, that's the real nail in the coffin. Well, I don't think this is quite the Columbo setup. Okay, okay, this is slightly different. This is the Beretta setup. Got it. 
Uh, person one, one walks away. My back is turned. One last thing. And then I turn around. Yes, Noel. And you go, give him hell or give something him. like oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. That so this is like, up. I get you. So this is like a pre ass kicking kind of, you're like, you know. Yeah, before the big, uh, the big raid, showdown. The big showdown. Yeah. Give him hell. <laughs> I was very clumsy through that. I like that's, it. That's my fault. No, I like it. It's sort of like the Columbo. I'd say I don't know. I would I would combine those tropes. All into, right, to, into one into thing. one mega trope. Yeah, mega trope. The Beretta Columbo trope. Why, wait, why Beretta? What does that mean? Beretta was another cop show oh, from the seventies. Okay, Beretta. Give them hell. Uh, Sam Comer. This is uh, we may have covered this one. That's a good one though. Uh, the the old bulletproof vest. You don't know they're wearing it until they reveal. At the end of the film. We have definitely covered this That one. they've been shot. Good one, Sam. Because another good one is the one where it's not even a bulletproof vest. It's I, I'm having deja vu right now because there's some thing that was gifted to the person that's oh, sure. made of metal. The cigarette case. And it's, and it's in their front pocket. And then it turns out that that was enough to stop a bullet. The flask. Of the flask. Ooh, it should be a flask because what I have not seen is the flask in the front pocket and you get shot and bourbon splurts out. It just starts out leaking out. Instead of... Blood. Like you're lactating bourbon or something. Mm. That's gross. Um, yeah, that would be great. No, I like <laughs> it. It's a good one. Uh, Joshua Inman says this. Saw this one on The Haunting of Hill House. The scary ghost is actually trying to warn you. Is that a trope? Ah, sure. All right. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, I mean, I'm trying to think of another example. Well, I mean, you know, okay. Hey, guys. Spoiler alert for The Sixth Sense <laughs> right now, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, the ghosts are kind of, they're not bad ghosts. They're sort of like trying to warn the kid or protect him in some way, right? They're friendly ghosts. They're friendly ghosts, but ghosts just can't help it that they're like dead and creepy looking and have like ooze coming out of their eye holes and stuff. They can't help that. That's just how they are. No, I feel bad for the oozy, helpful ghosts. Yes. Because that's the thing. They're constantly being misunderstood. People constantly. are constantly getting spooked and running away. And like, I, I was know. just trying to tell you, you got to tie your shoe or you're going to trip down those stairs and end up like me. You just described my life, Noel. I know. I am the oozy, I'm the oozy, misunderstood, yeah. scary ghost. I know. People see you come and they're like, whoa. <sighs> no, that's not true, Chuck. That's not true. Um, here we go. Tony Nadzan says this. I really hate this trope. Someone who is really hungry after some ordeal can't eat in a normal fashion afterward. They shove entire sandwiches in their mouth and tear through their food like an animal. That's very true. Yeah, that's true. It's also the, the same uh, trope that applies to when a sort of a young, uh, helpless waif is rescued from the streets, sure. covered in dirt and stuff, and is given a nice meal, and then they wolf it down, you know, like with yeah. with gusto. <laughs> yeah. People, I'm seeing a lot of uh, folks on this list that are grayed out as not – members of the movie crushers anymore and so what's going on everyone why are you leaving they either left or they were kicked i don't think these people are kicked these no. look like very nice people okay well what, what what gives i don't know maybe they just they're maybe they logged on to post their trope they were bombarded with crushing spam movie crushing spam which isn't that doesn't happen by the way uh patrick gorman our old pal here says the backwards save the cat moment Hero tries to save the villain in their final final moments. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Last Crusade, Return of the Jedi, he mentions. Uh, those, are, those are all pretty on point, I would say. Uh, let me see here. Alyssa Hinton, every chase scene ever, running with gun in hand when it makes more sense to sh- stop and shoot. That's true. 
I mean, that bullet is a lot faster than you are. That's right. So why run another 14 feet? Just pull and shoot. I'm against guns, though, so. Really? You're sort of a MacGyver-esque figure. <laughs> oh, I just mean in life. You just like to use your surroundings, you know, to stitch together some sort of brilliant booby trap. <laughs> That's right. That's how you would deal with a situation like that. Uh, Jeff Noel. Mm-hmm. Not Jeff Noel. Man after my own. Mispronounced heart. <laughs> it's Jeff Noel. He how do you know? Back and forth. How do you know? Oh, you had a back and forth. Yeah, he, he, he I mispronounced his name like eight times a couple Aha, of aha. And he added a, an umlaut to his name to help me out. I used to do that for fun when I was a kid because I thought it looked more goth, a little more, a little more moody. <laughs> Even though I still didn't pronounce it, I, Noel. I, that really says a lot about young. I know I that's it. true. <laughs> young Newell. I used to wear a dog collar and black fingernail polish. Did you? I did. Oh mm-hmm. God! I, no. a, I, I wore it to my Put prom. Put that picture up. Really? Yeah. Do you have any? I probably do. All right, dig some up. We'll, uh, we'll post those. That'd... I actually have one. I think I told you I was in a band with the current the guitar player for Lady Antebellum, which is this like you know uber famous popular crossover country band. There's a picture of us, and they are like the most white bread uh, American good old boys with like polos and you know visors and stuff and like shorts and I'm sitting in the front wearing a smashing pumpkin shirt with black jet black long hair and black fingernail polish looking like a real tool yeah now I bet you were cool you know Lady Antebellum Uh, Jeff Noel Noel (laughs) shit it's okay man says uh, character turns on the television the news with a story that directly affects them starts right at that moment I think we have uh, we've mocked that one before. That's what's great about these tropes, man. They are all over the place. Um, I still think we should do a an, a, a troll, uh, or I'm sorry, troll, <laughs> a trope origin bit, where see if we can get people to track down the very first time some of these famous tropes have been used. Uh, Deb Sanders says, "I like the trail of rose petals trope." For comic effect in I, Tanya, uh, that shot of the rose petals along the filthy shag carpet slays me every time. That was funny. That was taking the piss out of a trope. Have you ever laid down a petal of uh, or a pathway of rose petals for a lady? I mean, as a, one time I left myself a path of, of rose petals just so I could find my way home from the store. Okay, it okay. led to, to the true. toilet. No, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's how I map my my daily routine. Yeah. <laughs> Rose petals. With rose petals. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. They start looking really gross after a very short amount of time. Yeah. You're yeah, like, what am I going to do? Do I need to take a shit? Oh, yeah. wait. Let me just <laughs> follow the rose follow petals. follow the rose petals. Yeah. No, oh, that's boy. true. All right. We'll do one more here because we've been uh, goofing off too much. Angela Tong um, says, this is a trope from Captain Marvel. So everybody, this is a spoiler. Give me like 20 seconds to read this if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, This might have been mentioned before, but Captain Marvel reminded me when the opponent is all ready to fight and the hero defeats them with one blast. See also Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy goes up against the guy with the sword. Yeah, they totally ganked that from Raiders, but it's a great bit. It's a great bit, too, because the character is so self-righteous and he's, like, trying really hard to, like, pull a psychological jujitsu move and, like, yeah. you know, and she just and you, and you think she's going to go for it. Yeah. And the thing is, the thing he's asking her to do doesn't make any sense for her to do in her position. Yeah. So why should she, you know, not use her powers? And so she just gives him a nice blast to the chest. It's great. I liked it. It's a good moment. It was a good laugh moment, too. Agreed. Uh, all right, Noel, we're going to move on to a uh, social studies... 
social studies on movie crush. I thought about making this its own thing uh, because I asked people, what is your favorite debut performance of all time? And so not breakout role and TV doesn't count. So I mean legit very first movie acting role as the greatest debut performance. The, the greatest. Well, in their mind, you know, in your Interesting. opinion. Interesting. I want to hear some. Yeah, and here's the thing, everyone. I did not go through and double-check all these. So I'm just going to read them, and if you're wrong and we know it. You didn't put our team of fact-checkers on it, Chuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chop, chop, everyone. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, so if, I, if we realize that that's not the first movie for sure, without looking up, then you're going to get made fun of. If we don't know, then you're going to get away with it. So we're going to start with uh, Mayan Bekar, uh, Natalie Portman in Leon the Professional. Yeah, man. Boy, she was good in that role. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the theaters, too, when I was age-appropriate to have a crush on uh, on Natalie Portman, <laughs> like, in that movie. Because uh-huh. I, I was visiting my mom in New York, and I went and saw it. And I was not old enough to see that movie, but for some reason I saw it. And it was so good. good that movie really holds up. So Michael Green says, hands down... Alan Rickman in Die Hard, I did not know that that was his debut film. Surely not. Surely not. Surely not. Michael Green, sir, I, th- I might take issue with that, but I, I might be wrong. Are you looking it up? Are I, you I am looking it up. All right. Uh, Todd Plunkett says- uh, uh, Pl- No, man. He was in stuff in the 70s. No, I, yo, okay. You know what? It's his second credited role. His first was Romeo and Juliet in 1978 as Tybalt. And then his second role was in 88, 10 years later in Die Hard. Wow. So I, I, I'm going to give it to him. I've got to give it to him. What, uh, Sorry for what being incredulous. What the hell did he do for 10 years? Stage, I bet? That must be it. He must have done exclusively stage. And this Romeo and Juliet was probably a film adaptation right. of a stage version. Because I've never heard of this. Oh, you're so good. Ugh, very All right. Good. Todd Plucknett says, uh, got to be Ed Norton in Primal Fear. Did you ever see that? It's a BBC television production of a Dude, Shakespeare. look at you. Yeah. You nailed it. Um, Did I see Primal? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. And that's yeah, that's accurate. That yeah. is fantastic. I mean, what a great role and what a, one of the great, like, Such a juicy, twisty role. Yeah, really, really great performance. I love that. Ed it's, Norton's not around as much anymore. He's not. I, think I miss he's, him. Yeah, yeah, he's apparently a real prick. Well, there are articles about uh, why he went away. I know. He was in Birdman, which I haven't seen, but I, 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 everyone loves it so much, and there's no reason I shouldn't have seen it. Birdman, oh, with, Birdman uh, with Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Dude, you would love that. I know movie. I would. It seems very, like, psychedelic and meta and weird. Like, it, it makes me think, like, it would be kind of like a Charlie Kaufman movie in some ways. Mm. No? Maybe not. It's definitely not psychedelic. No? You throw that word around, though. I don't even know if you know what that means. <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think it means. Listen, let me explain. Let well, me tell you about psychedelic. No, I just mean it's heady, and it's like kind of like messing with the form and kind of like, you know, like it's like, a, isn't there some meta-ness in that movie? I think there is. And like I he, think the word you're looking for, Noel, is unconventional narrative. Oh, Chuck. Not let, meta. Let, let me use my, let me use my, <laughs> let me use my words. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Noir says Jason Schwartzman and Rushmore couldn't believe that was his first film. Yeah, man, I'm with you there. Jason Schwartzman was great. Uh, Laura Romaine says River Phoenix and Stand by Me. Yeah, was that his first movie? I think uh, Explorers was before that. Was he in Explorers? I don't know Explorers. Oh, that was the the young Ethan Hawke. 
kids build a spaceship in their garage. Oh, nice. Yeah, River Phoenix was in that. Huh. And, and I think that was before Stand By Me. They Although, were, 1985. Yeah. Was that see, around the same time they made Space Camp? This, Remember Space Camp? Oh, yeah, we've talked Space I Camp. I know, but wasn't that around the same time? It feels like there was a rash of kids' space movies around mm, that Stand time. By Me was one year later. Interesting. All right, we're going to have to give you a little shit for that one. Sorry. You missed it by one year. But who knows? Maybe he shot Stand By Me first. That's a good you know, That's a good point. You never think about that because maybe they, he kind of stacked them up in terms of production, like one after the other, and then one got released first. Who knows? Uh, our old uh, buddy Vanessa Lopez says, Dev Patel and Slumdog Millionaire. Love that movie. It's really good. So good. So good. What a... <laughs> So good. Uh, I got to say, though, it doesn't hold a candle to his performance in uh, The Last Airbender. (laughs) Did you see that? I saw a little enough of it to know that it was really, really troublingly bad. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't even, I wouldn't even watch the trailer for that movie, Noel. That's how much contempt I have. (laughs) Uh, Our old pal Vanessa Cashman says, uh, Natalie Portman, of course, a professional. Yeah, I know we've said that, but I like to give Vanessa her due. Uh, Aaron Cooper, The Coop, Val Kilmer in Top Secret. That was, uh, yeah, was that his first role? That was great. Val Kilmer, you know, he's coming to Atlanta for Comic-Con. I'm trying to get him on the show. He seems like a wacky, interesting guy. Yeah, he, he you know, he had cancer. It was very sad. I did not know that. He, he laid low for quite a few years, and there was a lot of speculation on what was going on. And uh, he had the throat cancer. I didn't know that. And went through some uh, rough stuff. But I think he's doing better now, and um, he's going to be in the Top Gun movie. That's right. Yeah. Hey, do you remember the cat from uh, the cat from the Captain Marvel? Oh, it was named Goose. Well, oh, sure. It was an Air Force joke, right? It was like a isn't yeah, it a Top that had Gun to be from Top, Top Gun. Gun ref? Yeah. yeah. I bet you that's exactly what it was. Never seen it, but I know Goose dies uh, in Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a whole thing? Is he go Goose? Uh, was Goose the uh, what's his face? Val Kilmer. No, no, no. Val no. Kilmer didn't die. Who's Val, well, who plays Goose? Goose was, what's his name? Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Goose died. Sorry, guys. He bonked his head. Aww. <laughs> and died. Poor Goose. <laughs> All right. Rob Esposito says Drew Barrymore in E.T. She was great. Boy, Spielberg really had a way with act, directing kids. Still he, does. He did. And if we're talking about that kind of stuff, uh, uh, what's her name? Anna Paquin in The Piano. Yeah, she got nominated she got, for... I think she won. I think she won an Oscar. Oh, did she? I think she, she, she did. Have. I think she did. Boy, she was great. That was such a good movie. Uh, Greta Koning, our old pal, says Jacob Tremblay in Room. Is that the kid? Yeah, man. I, I didn't see it. That was good. It's a tough movie. That's what I'm saying. It seemed a little heavy for me. Yeah, it, it is not light. Yeah. <laughs> I read the book, too. It's good stuff. Uh, Dylan Smith says Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. I'm with you there, man. I love Dreamgirls. That's a great movie. Have you seen that? I have not. It's it's really good. It's a musical, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The music is great. It's just a great story. It's all awesome. Cool. Eddie Murphy just destroys it. I will add it to my list. He's so so good. Um, as are all the all the the fine actors in that film. Really good stuff. Uh, Lisa Teixeira, our old buddy, says Elsie Fisher in Eighth Grade. Or Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins. I didn't know that uh, that was her first film. But someone else said that. Mike Dobbs said Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins. So I guess yeah, so. I watched that pretty recently, and she does seem very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really Well, young. a lot of people here now. Don Morris. 
She's getting a lot of love. Got it. She should. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Greg Buncher, uh, Bunker Johns. Yeah, she was great. Mm-hmm. Halloween. I saw it, uh, you know, this past Halloween. Might make that a ritual. Haley Steinfeld in True Grit uh, from Mark Galaski. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, Tim Curry is Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, he was in, on TV prior, but that was his first film, says Joe Smith. It has certainly stood the test of time in terms of being beloved and held up there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's do a couple of more. Let's go with uh, Marissa Hackle, uh, Helena Bonham Carter in A Room with a View. Very good movie. Uh, our old friend, Stellan Carlson. Uh, Gina Davis in Tootsie. Yeah. That, that's the one is that that's with uh, Dustin Hoffman, right? Where he plays a yeah, he plays a lady. A lady. He's a down and out actor who uh, auditions for a part of, of a woman on a soap opera mm-hmm. because he can't get acting roles. So it's like Mrs. Doubtfire, kind of. Eh, it's it's better, better, but it's a similar conceit. Yes, but Mrs. Doubtfire, he's sure. like trying to sure you know hang out with his kids. So he yeah, but in Tootsie, he's just trying to get house, acting roles. House, uh, housekeeper, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, we'll do one more here. Brandy McDonald says Scar Joe and The Horse Whisperer. I never saw that film. Mm, but, it does, uh, it's coming back to me. Yeah. She was, you know, she's great. I liked her a lot in Ghost World. And it was interesting because uh, the her co-star in that, who was in American Beauty, Thora Birch, uh, who I had yeah. a huge crush on in those days, she kind of fizzled. Her career sort of like, you know, went away. And uh, man, Scar Joe just kind of exploded. Meteoric rise. Yeah. Like... Uh, Black Widow? Black Widow. Name? She's Black Widow. Yep. <laughs> I think they're doing a Black Widow standalone, right? I think they're going to make it rated R, too, I think I read. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means. Just more ass kicking? I think so. I think I, I think they, they tested it with uh, um, Deadpool, and it worked twice, so I think they're not afraid to, to do it to anymore. To go there? Mm-hmm. Very nice. It's Women's History Month. And there's no better way to celebrate than by hearing from amazing women who are making history and changing the world for the better. Learn from leaders like Katie Couric. I wanted little boys and little girls to see that a woman can do that job confidently and competently. Tori Birch. Women are great investments. That is something I know. Andrea Jung. The concept of a network of women, which can be small or it can be large, is really one of the most powerful things I've had the opportunity to see and many more. Listen to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to finish up with a a very quick stream this segment. I just want to check in and let everyone know that the, the new season of high maintenance is great. Uh, I know that had Ben Sinclair on. I've been championing that show from day one, but uh, and, and finally have gotten into season three, and it's just so great, man. It's just uh, the show. It was voted show most likely for Noel to love that he refuses to watch. 
<laughs> I don't refuse. I don't refuse, Chuck. You know what I have been watching, though? Is that, right, I watched a little bit of that show, Pen15. Have you seen this? I have not. Is it Paul, Paul here said it's like the, the it's best show on TV right awesome. now. It's really funny. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's these two you know, 30-something-year-old actresses or comedians who wrote the show, whose, whose names escape me at the moment, but they play middle school girls, and they just disappear into the roles. It is, it is not— Is that the, the thing? Because— that's very interesting. It doesn't like it doesn't call attention to itself at all. Like they really look the part, and they're also both kind of s- small, so it, it really works. It's wild how well, much it works. Our buddy John Hodgman, um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I don't think he will. He wrote a, uh, a a TV pilot a few years ago on that conceit that he would play himself as a uh, like a twelve year old. And uh, interacting with other twelve-year-olds, and it was really good, and it did not get produced, uh, like you know, ninety-nine percent of pilots for a thousand reasons. But it was awesome. And then when I heard of this, I was like, wait a minute, that's Hodgman's bit. I think the thing too is that it's two young, you know, female characters in middle school, and it deals with a lot of like the sexual awakening stuff and, yeah. you know, a sense of self, but it's also in this really lighthearted tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but it's very real and spot on in terms of like how awkward and terrible middle school is. And, you know, it even has like a group of young boys trying to watch the Spice Channel through the, you know, oh, yeah. the, the scrambled things and that trying to say, a, hey, look, it's a boob, you know, and yeah, I, I did I did that. Every, yeah. I totally, sure. it was just, it was it's, it's very good. I recommend it highly. Yeah. If you want to stream something. about that. That on the show before those hormones get going when you're 12 and 13 I know. Man. you forget that it was that early yeah, yeah it's just like you don't even know what's going on nope trying to flying blind trying to figure it all out exactly very fun awkward years for film and tv uh so yeah high maintenance check it out check it out check it out and then uh, better things uh big shout out to bex bloomfield so uh she's a longtime listener of stuff you should know and uh, email friend that I've actually met finally in New Zealand, and she reminded me that Better Things was out. And so Emily and I have been watching that uh, every night. We're through like four episodes now of the new season. And uh, that show is just – did you watch Better Things? Pamela Adlon's show with the three daughters? No, I'm not even aware of it, of it that it existed. No. Yeah, this is season either three or four. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the only show on TV that has – where a, a woman has directed like every episode. Cool. Like she's fully running that show over there. She's incredibly talented. And it's God. so good, man. It's so real and so sweet and heartwarming and awkward and awful at times. And uh, this season so far, she's sort of um, like a lot of the stuff has been about her daughters and their relationship. But, and that obviously carries through this season. But she's really going into – uh, what it means to be a woman of her age mm-hmm. and the hormonal and physical changes happening uh, when you're in your like late 40s or early 50s as a woman um, and perfect like comedic uh, a plum that she's known for. Really good shit. Yeah, it's such a bummer. Uh, I mean, it's a bummer for many reasons, but she was I thought she was so good on the Louis CK's show. Yeah. And I think she kind of she didn't defend him exactly. I think she sort of I don't remember exactly what her line was. It was certainly a little softer than some of the quote unquote defenses of, of what no, that it's dude one for did. best friends and creative partner. I know, and it's like, gotta be painful and difficult, it's but it's painful also painful and difficult. It's also kind of like you, you didn't know. And there's even an episode where her character who he kind of is crushing on, he gets yeah. a little sexually 
pushy with her, let's yeah, say, yeah. and kind of like holds her against the wall, kind of. I you know, that episode. I know we talked about this, I think, and it's sort of like one of those things where you go back and read some sure. bits that Cosby did, you know, where right. he's talking about Spanish Fly, and you're right. kind of like, oh, it doesn't yeah. hold up so well. But no, really? I, but she's so good in that show, and that show was so gritty and like good and very real as well. And I thought her character was fantastic on that show. So well, he helped her get better things on TV mm-hmm. uh, through FX and is an executive producer and wrote a bunch like he's he's not involved anymore on that level mm-hmm. um obviously had to step away uh he's still listed as an executive producer though um but is, she's she's fully like running the show on her own now well that's what we say there's three seasons ish i think oh, this is the third man. if i'm not mistaken i will check that out. i'm a huge fan of hers oh man it's great all right everyone that's it those are our recs uh pen 13 high maintenance and better things stream all those on your on your telly pen 15 what did I say? 13. Oh, this is the Because it's penis. <laughs> it's what you put on a calculator. You pen, like, it, oh, it says really? penis. Yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Never spelled that one yeah, out. Yeah, it's true. Pen I, 13 would just be penid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All I ever did was the upside down boobless. Boobs. Oh, boobless. Yeah. You took it a step further. I just did boobs. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. There was some dumb combination of uh, things you would add and subtract. Uh, in the early 80s Aha. that would equal boobless. You had a whole a equation. Joke. It was a whole equation. That sounds delightful. <laughs> so dumb. Right. So dumb. All right, Noel. I wish we could go back and do a show as young Chuck and young Noel. Well, you know, we're, 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 we're doing our best to relive those glory days. That's right, as old men. Yes, indeed. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hmm? What if you could learn from the world's most inspiring women? Now you can. Introducing Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. We bring you purpose-driven, actionable ideas and insights from leaders such as Tori Birch, Madeline Albright, Katie Couric, Valerie Jarrett, Andrea Jung, and many more. Listen to Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The only way is through. A new podcast in partnership with iHeartRadio and Under Armour. Players, coaches, and athletes will share intimate and personal stories of performing at the highest level. This season, Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw is battling a losing record. Every game knowing you're supposed to win, that really weighs heavy on your shoulders, and I think I said at one point, wouldn't it be great to be the underdog again? My husband said, be careful what you wish for, and here we are. Listen to The Only Way is Through, available now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.